Welcome to Paradigms on WBKM. This is episode number 126, Sunday, October 21st, 2012.
Welcome to another episode of Paradigms. My name is Baruch. I'm your host. We have a wonderful guest in the studio tonight, Amy Hugo, who will be talking about her travels in Pakistan and Afghanistan. You just heard a song from Zeb and Hania, who are two Pakistani women who are making music. We're going to listen to some more music and then we'll talk with Amy. I'm not afraid. 
grande Munda pukhtane yupa watan muzan qurban de Zalmi pukhtu zamunga shan de Munga pukhtane yupa watan muzan qurban de Munga pukhtane yupa watan muzan qurban de वतन मुजान कुर्बान दे मुंगा पुख्ता युपा वतन मुजान कुर्बान दे वेलकम बैक दैट वॉज इंटरेस्टिंग म्यूजिक दैट वॉज वी हर टू पीसेस फ्रॉम जीक अफरीदी द फर्स्ट वन वी हर्ड वॉज कॉल्ड Bibi Shirin, which was in Urdu, and the second one we heard was called Khyber Zalmi. Amy, talk to me about that one. That is one of their songs that they listen to quite a bit. It's kind of a a song about. It's a song about um, that Pashtun spirit of um, being a warrior and having this warrior mentality. Talks about how they were raised in Pashtun. in the in the khyber pass and that they're a product of the khyber pass and that they're rough, as rugged as the mountains and and um willing to fight for what they believe um one phrase in it what does it say about if you cast your dirty eyes on us we'll pop them out <laughs> it says whoever <laughs> looks with dirty eyes to our country we will take out their eyes if they see this green land yes violent imagery very but it's just part of their culture that's like their everyday conversation of how they have how they talk well, and i think westerners i'll speak for myself it's easy for me to have a strong reaction to that violent imagery except that we're so used to the violent imagery in our culture we don't see it but it's as violent yes. if not more oh, so yes exactly and then when we see it in others you know as soon as we see it in them we it's wag like, our finger at them oh wait 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 but it's just turn on the radio you know just what talk to a teenager how many people were shot in wisconsin today i know crazy so so here are these warrior people and i've always had this feeling about how people are shaped by the geography of the land they live on yes so what's the land like there i've always thought of that part of the world as barren and desert no it's very rugged very mountainous very crazy it's um part of the himalayas they call them himalayas there um but it's just very very craggy and you know cavernous and and just very hard to get navigating through but we're looking at some images here and there's a lot of green yeah it's not all dry it's not all dry it's really actually beautiful and lush um unfortunately when i saw it you know the flood had come through and any of these images that you've seen of what happened with hurricane irene in vermont um you just times 10 and just wow. whole valleys were just scoured and nothing left but glacial till and sand um amazing bridges Goodness. out and and making it impassable for a lot of people it's not like you can just find another bridge down the way and and get across it was it's pretty um so how do people thing. live i mean you were there you visited with folks you got to know people you made friends what what is a what is someone's life like yeah that you encountered huh? 
um, very simple, but but very busy because they're having to collect water, they're having to collect wood to heat and wood to cook on, and and you know have to gathering their food and things like that and procuring things. They don't have refrigeration, so when you go to the store to buy, you know, chicken for dinner, you actually get a chicken and. And they'll take the head off for you or not. You know, you can bring it home alive because they just don't have the means to do that. Or, you know, you see a, a goat walk into the kitchen in the morning and and then you see the women come out of the kitchen, you know, with a leg and a machete and they get their little block of wood and they start cutting it up and start cooking all day. And then so, you're eating goat curry for dinner. Yeah, exactly. And lunch. And, and that's and reality. Breakfast. And that's just how the world is there. And it's it's really kind of... Very simple, but very wonderful. It's not, you know, it doesn't have all this craziness. It's it's very simple, and and the people are so happy, that and they seem very content in how they do things. Um, a lot of family living together, working things out together, which is kind of nice. We don't have that here. We all disappear into our own little corners as a family. We don't have that wonderful ability to, you know, take care of your elders and and have them also help take care of you in in a way because there's that reciprocity you know give and take it's um in their society it's kind of it's really kind of refreshing to see um whole families living together very close by and helping each other out and preparing the meals you know they you think that the women maybe are you know somehow are lesser beings because you know of of the hype in the media that we hear about but um Really, they're very content taking care of the children and and taking care of the food and and procuring those things. Certainly, um, very scary for little girls growing up because you get sent to your husband's family, so you leave your family and go to your husband's family. Um, so and they marry young. Yeah, unfortunately, they can marry really, really young. So there are cultural values that are different that have to do with. Well, there, that's a great example, the age at which girls marry or whether or not people get to choose who to marry. Right. There are those kinds of cultural values that are very important to us. And then there are the things that we've lost as a result of the technology and our separation from nature that this culture you're describing has not lost. Exactly. It's true because they do have to live within nature and, and, and they do have to live in within the laws of how things are and, and they don't. You know, it's it's very, very different. It's very, very sad. They um, And part of the reason that they don't like to really educate a lot of the people and a lot of the, the girls is because they'll change and, and they don't want that to happen. And it's, you know, I, you can't reassure them that they're not going to change because clearly, they're, yes, you're right, they are going to change. They're not going to want to be married when they're 13 years old and, and having babies when they're 16 and, and they're not you know, going to want to do that. Unfortunately, there are probably other things that they could be doing in society that they aren't doing now, um, which would make their society better. However, you know, people don't like change, especially yeah. there. It's the thing humans are worst at is change. Transition. Yeah. And it's the one thing we always have to deal with. Exactly. And so, we need to change. So that's very interesting. You know, there's a really big global agenda around... Um, developing a regulated, sustainable, global human population. And one of the strategies is that has been found to work is educating females. Mm -hmm. Educated females are more likely to have children later, more likely to use birth control, more likely to have smaller families. So on the one hand, 
there are some very real reasons why that agenda is being promoted. You know, we're right. overpopulating right. the planet. Yes, yeah. On the other hand, there is something lost culturally by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. But it's, it needs to happen. You know, because I was speaking with this one man um, who was a general there, and um, I had met him in Timagara on our on our way traveling through, and he was telling me about how wonderful um, it was the valley that they lived in and the area that they lived in before Pakistan invaded. And he was um, talking about how healthy everyone was healthy. There was no disease. There was no sickness. There was no poverty or want they all everybody had what they needed they grew their own vegetables and their own fruits and things like that but then when Pakistan came in they they started more people came and they started you know living having more people than the land could sustain and so then you have all these environmental degradation thing issues that happen um, then the flood came through you know recently and, and just exacerbated the situation so there's a lot of scarcity and a lot of which adds to that whole poverty thing and the whole, you know. It's cyclical. It's really crazy. It's so multifaceted. It's and what we in the West call poverty, the images that come up in people's heads when they hear that word, poverty is, poverty is the result of being in a society that doesn't take care of all the people in its society. Poverty is not a, a natural condition that can occur. It's right. something created by humans. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And it's kind of, it's really kind of sad. I mean, here when a flood wipes out the neighbors and, and businesses and things like that, there are other financial recourses that people have to get back on their feet and, and get, you know, get moving again. And there, it's, they don't have that. You, your house gets wiped out. Your house got wiped out. You know, you lost everything. There's no FEMA. You lost everything. Exactly. There's no FEMA. There's no somebody there who's going to give you insurance money to pay for for what you need. You suddenly need to start over. And if you're a farmer, fantastic. But when all of your dirt has just gone downriver and is somewhere thousands of miles downstream, you know, it kind of limits you as to what you can do. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then you end up doing stupid things or trying to come up with other ways. I mean... Well, desperation drives people to... It's really crazy. And a lot of, of these suicide bombers are just desperate people who don't have any other recourse. And desperate... It's like when you talk about having problems, like, oh, my muffler on my car needs to be fixed, or, oh, I don't have any ice cream or gee I'm yeah. out of money right now those are my problems those are not real problems no one is shooting at me I am not starving I am not dying of a disease right so it's not like I can't go out during the day because the you know the Taliban will shoot me and I can't go out at night because the military will shoot me and and I'm out of you know water you know it's mm. you it's, it's you just can't imagine what that's like. So we here, I mean, this show is heard all over the world. Not everyone who listens is in the U.S. or in the West. So there are people listening who know this more firsthand. But mm -hmm. for the Westerners listening, our what we imagine of a place like Pakistan or Afghanistan and what's happening, what we know of the cultures there, is very not real, I would say. 
Uh, Holly Pickett was on the show a couple of weeks ago. She's mm-hmm. a photojournalist, and yes. she was talking yeah. about, you know, the incredible wonderful, wonderfulness of these cultures and the people and the places. Yes, exactly. We don't get that here. Right. We get told enemy. Yeah. You know, we get told backwards. We get shown the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my first uh, time landing in Islamabad and, you know, you come out of the airport like you do and international terminal and everybody's standing there waiting. Well, everybody in the airport happens to be a man and and they're all dressed the same and they all look exactly like all the terrorists that you see on the news. It was just like, okay, take a deep breath. (laughs) So... What was it like going as an American, as a white person, as a woman into this environment? Yeah, it was really kind of interesting, exhilarating, exciting. You know, um, I dressed like they did and kept my mouth shut. And I could do the dumb female routine because I was. I didn't know where I was or what I was looking at. So I had that puzzled look and and the scared look and the meek look all the time because that's just how I felt. So and it, and it seemed to lend to the whole like that's not an American because you know normally Americans would walk very confidently and and proudly and I'm not covering my head and I'm just gonna walk down the street and everyone is gonna know where I'm from. But yeah, I don't want to do that. But even sometimes you know I'd be walking and people would know. They have their cameras out, you know, their phone out. Like, you don't know what they're doing, but, you know, they're taking a picture of you. <laughs> You're unusual. Yeah. It's hard to hide blue eyes and blonde hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. How amazing. Yeah. Amazing experience. But it was just so, I mean, the food is wonderful, and and just the the shopping is wonderful. <laughs> Tell me you about know, a the, great meal. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so many great meals. I mean, it, it's so different from it in the Islamabad where you, where you eat than when you're in um, the tribal areas. In the tribal areas, everybody eats together, and they'll bring out this mat, and they'll lay it down in the courtyard, and then they put a, a piece of fabric down over the center of that, and then a big platter of rice comes out with some roasted chickens or some goats and um, different bowls of you know yogurt that's been spicy with coriander and spices, and um, then you'll have a dish of, you know, peas and things and, and um, goat and another dish of sog, which is kind of like, which is like spinach. And, and then you just sit around the platter with everyone and you eat with your hands. They don't have silverware. So you just mix your food together, mix your yogurt with your rice with your fingers. Right hand. And, um, yeah. Only the right hand, right? Only the right hand. For me, Miss hand sanitizer, hand cleaner, I used both. And it was very, very difficult for me because I'm not used to it. And it was really, really hard. And so they don't have napkins or anything. So, yeah. But they use their left hand for bodily function. So using your left hand to eat is like... Yeah, well, that's kind of more, I think, in um, other cultures. But there, they're pretty good about washing hands. That's one thing we do at the foundation is... Teaching washing hands, both hands, all the time. Um, so, but usually, yeah, you'll see people sitting because they kind of sit sideways, uh, up to the plate, so everybody fits in. And sometimes it's kind of embarrassing because I'll have this sea of Kleenex around me <laughs> that I'm like, <laughs> eat and wipe my hands, and then eat and wipe my hands, and 
yeah, so it's kind it's of embarrassing. Okay. She's American. Yeah, I know. It's I get away with that. So it's kind of fun, and it's just an experience, and the food is absolutely wonderful. Wow. Very so cool. wonderful. Well, let's listen to some more music, and uh, then we'll come back and talk with Amy some more. And this is someone named Rahim Shah. The title is Orde Alama Chabi. This is Paradigms on WBKM.
راځئ چې پورته کړو لاس وغواړو دعا ملګرو د سپین سهر د رڼاګانو او ښکلا ملګرو راځئ چې ډکې جولۍ راوړو د ګلابونه سی پتا سوشیندم تاسوی پما चलो हम दर्द बांटें चलो हम प्यार बांटें चलो हम दर्द बांटें चलो हम प्यार बांटें चलो हम दर्द बांटें चलो हम प्यार बांटें गिरानी خوږے مورے او سخ کے پاکے کا اوے زما خورے تو بدق کا سواد کے بدق پٹو کے تم خپل کور کے تک سی بلی بھی کے سنگ چری کولی پھر سے کھلیں گے پھول پھر سے یہ کلیاں پھر سے بسیں گے گھر گھر میری کلیاں پھر سے بسیں گے گھر میری بچو ماں تپت تعلیم نے محروم کرے مایوس کی گئی ماں تاسو بیا تعلیم کوئی اور ددی مل پھن ہو چکو دا پاکستان ہاتھ نہ چھوٹے آس نہ ٹوٹے تنہا نہیں ہو ساتھ تمہارے ساتھ تمہارے درد گھڑی میں قوم کھڑی
back to paradigms. That was uh, Rahim Shah with Pukar to... I'm not going to try and pronounce it. <laughs> I'm just not going to. Before that, that really heavy-duty, heavy-metal piece is called Guardians of the Gates, and that is also by a Paki, Pakistani musician named Yahangir Aziz Hayat, and he is a serious heavy-metal musician coming out of that part of the world, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and before that, we heard something also from Rahim Shah. So, Amy, we were just starting to talk. Boy, we had three different interesting things going on. Um, I'm not sure which one to start with. Okay, let's start with this one. So you were going to be in Pakistan now, but some things happened that made that not happen. What right. happened? Well, just um, I was supposed to go the beginning of September, and then it was issues in the tribal areas with fighting over the border with Afghanistan. Um, so that I wasn't, wouldn't be able to go into that area of Pakistan, um, which was fine. But then the people that were my hosts needed to be in the tribal areas and to help deal with that situation. And, and I couldn't be there because it just wasn't safe. So I got pushed back to, oh, beginning of November. I was supposed to be going soon. And, and now it's just with this whole th recent thing with the anger about the drone attacks and, and the attack with the, um, the girl in, in SWAT. It just isn't safe. So not a good idea. To it's go. not worth it. Yeah. So I'll wait till after elections and, and then I'll go. After so that talk to me about the drone attacks and what people have said to you. So, you know, it was really kind of interesting when I was there and, and talking to people about the drone attacks. A lot of the, the average people didn't really mind that we were, um, having the drone attacks. They were talking about how there were militants in that area that the Pakistani army couldn't deal with, and and obviously they needed help, and that was going to be happening. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, realizing that, you know, there's collateral damage that gets involved in that. It's just gotten a little bit to be too much because um, it's been happening, you know, a lot. a lot since Obama's been in office. And um, that's been happening a lot there. And then with this whole thing with the shooting of this um, girl in SWAT, you know, and seeing us get outraged about that, they're a little upset about that because we kind of do that kind of thing in the tribal areas quite frequently. And we don't seem to get, you know, upset about that as much as we got, got upset about this shooting with the Taliban. Now, the the numbers, I had it here, now I can't find it, in terms of the numbers of people that have been killed in the drone attacks are, are in the thousands. Yeah, it depends and, on who you talk to. And only 40 or so were the actual targets. So the non-target deaths are a lot. A lot. And, and so, okay. Recently, it's been a lot. It's been a lot. And yeah. so... I'm, uh, what so that's what, the, that's what the changing has happened, you know, because this was when I the, when they were telling me that they didn't they weren't so upset about the drone attacks. This was in 08 and 09. They started and in 2004 under Bush, yeah. but they were not frequent. Now they're yeah. daily. Oh, all the time. And 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 I want to go back because the thing that stuck in my head is you said you know that they don't mind some of it, and I'm thinking in my head the story I tell myself is okay. So this is a pretty intense to the bone culture where there's a certain amount of accepted violence and so having they live by violence so i mean they all you get, everybody has a gun right. i mean everybody walks around five-year-olds you know walk around they learn how to shoot and it's you know cute to have your 
kid taken, you know, his picture taken with a machine gun and, you know, an AK-47 or a rocket launcher or something like that. I mean, that's just how they how they live and do things. So they not they're open to the fact that, you know, if there's a bad person, sometimes you need to take them out in the best way possible, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of sad, but you end up with collateral damage and casualties and things like that. I was listening to an interview on VPR a few weeks ago with this guy who was in his little hut in Nebraska. Um, is Nebraska, right? Nevada? Nebraska. I'm having a brain. The state phone. of Nebraska? Well, you know where they like they do the drone attacks from this little off, you know, the oh, yeah, little yeah, spot. They have, and, right. and, and he's like this guy what they were interviewing was watching on the screen this like um, attack that was happening. He was he was watching a person on the road who was doing something on the road. And he thought that he, it was um, somebody planting an improvised device. And then he was getting ready to call in a, a strike on this person. And suddenly somebody came up to this person on the street who was like three times bigger than this person was and realized that it was a kid playing in the street. So, you know, this guy was saying you can't – Distinguish between kids playing and and grown-ups, you know. And what people meeting. may not realize is the drones are operated by U.S. military personnel here in the United yeah. States. It's like they're playing a video game, except there is someone on the other end actually getting blown up. Exactly. And there, I know, are uh, staging centers for drones. There's one in New York State because some folks are just arrested protesting there. There's, I think, Nebraska. I'm, I'm not sure. There's a bunch. There's a few of them. And yeah. this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really sad. Um, it's just a disconnect. And so you're, you know, you're killing innocent people. And it's scary, you know. And it, you hear these reports of kids playing and they hear that familiar hum of a drone and they just scatter. And they know that Wherever they were playing very soon is going to be attacked or, you know, it's going to get bombed. So just to stay away from those areas. But it's just it's just a horrible thing to have to live with that constant fear every day. So how is the Taliban regarded by the folks that you were spending time with? Well, you know, the Taliban are pretty backwards, um, to say the least. And uh, it's kind of strange how the Taliban are there as opposed to how they are here. There it's kind of an ideology. I mean, it's not necessarily that you have to be militarized in order to be part of the Taliban. It's just this idea of going back to a different rule where, you know, you um, steal, you get your hand chopped off. So you probably don't steal. You know, they do kind of very different things. Um, it's a but very direct yeah, kind of... But nobody wants to have that extremism. Nobody wants to be under Taliban rule. I mean, what ends up happening is the Taliban come into the towns at, at night and they blow up the prisons and they let everybody out and they post the rules on the walls of how it's going to be from now on. The Taliban are in charge. You know, they'll probably retry the people that they, that they let out of prison, but they'll do that in their own time and in, in their own court system because maybe the punishment for what they were in there isn't as severe or maybe it's more severe you know you just don't know and it's and it's and girls and women yeah you have to be covered and you have to be hidden and tucked away and, and no not education no education we no because about. that'll change you yep. but it's not that so much that um 
you know, you see some pretty graphic images of women being stoned to death and things like that and for adultery and these crazy things. But usually, typically what happens is they won't punish the women. They'll take the women back to their family and punish the husband, who probably then will punish, punish the wife. The wife. <laughs> right. But it's not, you know. Honor killings. Yeah, that's kind of a sad reality. Sharia. Sharia law. Which is... It's crazy. Any religious law is is very crazy. It's very extreme. Any extreme religious law. And and now we're starting to see, ironically, evangelical Christian lawmakers in this country who on the one hand hate the Taliban and on the other hand are calling for laws that are exactly like Sharia law. Exactly. But they don't see it. They don't see it. It's like if you pull back... You're doing the same thing. Any kind of laws based on religion is is not. You know, if you want to make those rules in your house and for your own self and to follow those for yourself, that's fantastic. But to have them as like the law of the land is well, and we're talking ridiculous. about a very specific religious paradigm, which is the Abrahamic religious paradigm, and it's Abrahamic paradigm is the umbrella under which exist Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So these right. three religions are deeply connected and intertwined and, in fact, all stem from the same beliefs. Exactly. But don't tell them that. No. no. <laughs> people don't like to hear that. Well, and there are probably people listening right now going, what? Yeah. Really? No, that can't what? be. They all have the golden rule? But it all comes from the same thing. It all comes from, really, the Old Testament. Exactly. And exactly. Wherever that came from. Yeah. Wow. Who knows? Interesting, interesting. Same stuff, though. Well, let's listen to a little more music, and then we'll come back and talk some more, and then we're going to wind it up. It goes so fast. Too fast. Here is another piece of music from Zeb and Haniya, those two uh, young Pakistani women who are making music that is being heard in the world. I think That's it's good. very exciting. And this one, and I don't know what it means, is called Aitabar. And I hope you enjoy it. This is Paradigms on WBKM.
One, Zeb and Hania, again, and my guest Amy Hugo. Uh, Amy, you were just telling me about attending a wedding. Yeah. What was that like? It was really kind of wild. It was this. Uh, it was a double wedding actually. It was two um, of my friend's brothers who were having an arranged marriage with two women who I don't think they knew each other before they got there, but it was this huge affair that lasts for days and days, and um, you know. How many people? Oh, like 10,000 people were oh at this wedding the first day. Um, they had other estimates, but that was a low estimate of how many people. And I don't know how to estimate people, but it was huge. Uh, it just an amazing amount of people. Um, I spent most of my time with the women and with the kids, and it was, it was pretty amazing and crazy. But you have these women who don't know their husbands, have never met this family, and don't know anyone, and, and they they show up at the house all in the, the most amazing regalia with, you know, dripping with gold and henna all over their hands and feet, and um, just absolutely beautiful, and they walk up into the house with their family, bring them in, and they're covered with a sheet, and they pull the sheet off, and then they meet the family, and gifts are dispersed, and then the women kind of sit and almost sulk 
for the whole time and, and everyone says, oh, they're sad because they're leaving their family because when you get married as a woman, you go to the husband's family and live with them. So they were like, oh, they're sad. And I'm just like, oh, it's so much more than just losing their families. It's very scary. And it was kind of interesting because I was able to like speak with the husbands and the grooms and it was scary for them as well. You know, how do you do this with everybody watching and and what not they're knowing doing. the person you're marrying. Oh, they have no idea. They, you know, you just assume that your family is taking good care of you and, and, and you know, arranged a marriage with some... Which probably mostly they do. Yes, usually they do. I mean, yeah. you, you don't want your daughter to marry some schmuck. Right, exactly. You might get her back. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't look good. No. <laughs> it's just such a different world. And as we were talking about during the break, you know, I... It's so easy for us to be so ethnocentric. You know, we're so rooted in our own culture, and these things sound so different. Right. And yet, what's the common humanity, right? Yeah. It must be that's the overriding thing. Yeah. It's such a it's such an interesting interesting thing because we always think about these arranged marriages as being like, oh, that's so scary or that's so stupid, but how is it bad that somebody else picks for you who would best suit you or best be that mate that you would go into? And it's not like you go in with all the baggage. It's very different from our culture. It's not like, you know, oh, looks matter. And then, and then you find out after, you know, a few years of being married that there are other things that really matter (laughs) more than just how they look in a, you know, in a suit, but right. it's Do they just turn you on or not. That's not the yeah. That doesn't. Thing. There's so much more to it than that, and so it's kind of interesting to see in this culture that that they pair these people up, looking a little bit deep, more deeply into into how how you're pairing people up, and and um, just interesting to to watch them, you know, try to like be together or just to be, you know, try to talk without because everybody's around all the time and. Everybody's nosy, and the little kids are all giggly around all the time. And you know, it's just—they're just such happy, fun people. It's kind of interesting to watch. They decorate everything up and make it all beautiful, and it's—it's it's just really kind of fun. I think the most important thing I'm getting out of all this is, is sort of this very general kind of thing, which is, yeah, we live in all kinds of different ways around this beautiful planet, but we're not really—we're more alike than we are different. Yes, it's true. We all want to live a happy life, and we all, all want to take care of our family mm-hmm. in the best way that we can. And, you know, we don't have to live in a mansion and have the best of everything. It's just having enough to be comfortable and be happy and to not feel, you know, scarcity and and to just be happy. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, that's the same thing they want. It's the same thing we want. It's, you know, what most people, you know, 90% people the of the people thing. in the world want. And we, we live differently and our cultures and our psyches are shaped by the places we live. So we are different seeming. Right. But deep down, no, not so different. It's very, yeah. We all hmm. have the same wants and needs. Wow. It's the same when you look at the three major religions. When you look right down at it, it's the same thing. Pretty much. Yeah. Do one to others. So, yes, the golden rule. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And so humanity, boy, what? I wonder if we're going to... Seems like we're in this period now where there's a whole lot of turning points. Yeah. And we could blow the whole shooting match, right. you know, or not. Right. Well, it's really sad when you, you know, it's it's so overwhelmingly sad to watch the news. 
in our country to see what matters to people not even just what's the news what's what's going on for tv what matters to people you know and what they don't tell you exactly it's amazing how slanted some of these stories that come out of pakistan are so um ethnocentric and so it's like you know like you don't have those things and we don't have those things in our culture you know Really, there are a lot of abused women who will tell you something otherwise. That it's not just something right here that happens. in Burlington, Vermont. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you can't even walk down the street in Burlington without fear someone's going to shoot you in the back. I mean, at this point, it's, it's really, really, really scary. Yeah. Um, at least in Pakistan, you kind of have to do something wrong to get yourself shot, but. Um, it's an interesting time, you know. It's, it's crazy. It's so is. sad when you turn on the television and. And you see, you know, honey boo-boo child. <laughs> I can't even go there. It's like she gets better ratings than the Democratic Convention. And, like, so honey boo-boo child is more interesting or the Democratic Convention just is not interesting at all, which I would tend to think that that's what it is. There well, was nothing else to watch because it's like watching a train wreck. I think the disconnect that we talked about earlier in this culture, the disconnect from nature and the disconnect from each other and yeah. from our, ourselves is so widespread. It has to change. I sometimes think we just need all the electricity to go out for a while, and then people will kind of wake up from yeah. their technologized stupor and yeah. start acting. Well, like that happens in Pakistan all the time because in the morning, you know, the, the power is on, and then there's a call to <laughs> prayer, and everybody gets up, turn the lights off, and the power goes out, you know, and then generators fire up, and it all starts over again. I love that sound, though, of call to prayer. Have you ever been? In, oh, yeah, in Israel. I've heard it in Israel, and I've heard it in Paris. It's so fun to hear. It's beautiful. You know, in some places, they're going to try to. Make it so you can't hear that. I, I think that's it's, so sad. It's just well, like hearing church bells. They when I banned live in minarets in Switzerland. Yeah, you know, so I there's know, a, so crazy? much fear, and this conflict between the quote-unquote East and West has been going on for a long time. It's not new. Yeah. The 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 war between Islam and Christendom. Yeah. Has been going on almost since Islam came into being about what thirteen fourteen hundred years ago. This isn't new, and because of the technology of our weapons and the scale the number that can be killed at a time oh, yeah. and the way we communicate now we hear about this but these cultural clashes have been going on yeah so. we're just at a point where we've made ourselves so superior with our weapons that the only other way to attack us is to go after civilians right the stakes are really high now so it's just it's really crazy and it's all about fear and scarcity and it's like we need to stop um, having dialogues about how they're different I can't tell you how many people will start regaling me with the evils of Islam and it's like really because I can tell me your religion because I can regale you with the evils of your religion as well it's what we choose to focus on and if you focus on the bad things then that's what's going to happen and that's what we focus on instead of like focusing on the good things that happen with each other instead of like you know trying to implement you know paying and focusing on these organizations that are trying to implement these these crazy archaic you know forms of law you know that are based on religion it's just you know so ridiculous and we focus on that and we give them attention and that's what what gives them power you know it's kind of like this oh that stupid video that happened the innocence of of islam that was a huge argument with, with for me with my friends in pakistan because they just don't understand what freedom of speech is like and how when somebody says something you just don't focus on them right if you think you're an idiot you ignore yeah them. you ignore them idiot don't pay attention to them don't ever have anything to do with them but when you focus on them and you give them 
the power to cause all the violence that happened in the world because of it. And it's, it's just ridiculous that they don't see, you know, you just have to ignore some of these things. And we need to do the same thing. And it's really kind of hard, but... The reaction to that film gave it more exposure than exactly. it ever would have had otherwise. And they hadn't even seen it. Yeah. They just heard about it. And it's like, oh my gosh, what a Very bunch true. of hotheads. But that's their culture. To be, to, you know, you know, think of the most hot-headed person you can think of in our country. And there's a whole society of them. So Americans, this is something to be aware of when we let religion into our politics. Right. That's a direction. You can't do that that we need to not go in. Yeah. Well, it's good that, you know, if we're open-minded and we can look at other people and see other countries and see how they do things, then we can say, okay, well, that's not going to, that doesn't work for us and vice versa would be great. You know, Mm. religion is great. It's when we do bad things with it that, and we use it as an excuse. We mold it to to, to get, exactly. It's, it's just disgusting because I mean, personally, I think that in, to get through life, you kind of have to have a thought that there's something else out there and bigger than yourself. Otherwise, it's really hard to get through some of the things that happen to us. Well, certainly that offers a great deal to a lot of people on this planet and killing each other over how we believe. is so ridiculous. It's almost counterintuitive, you know. Well, Amy, I really appreciate you coming in and talking about this. And it was so fun. Obviously, we could go on and on. Yes, um, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to go out we're going to listen to a little music and end the show now but remember that all our episode all of the paradigms episodes are archived at paradigms.bz and they're also in itunes and this podcast will be up there by tomorrow so check that out check out uh past episodes and there will also be a link to the navid khan foundation on our website so people can check it out and you can also just google it and there are actually a number of websites that they have they have a blog they have a un website there's a whole bunch of stuff so you check all that out um i guess that's it for paradigms tonight we'll be back next week to celebrate all saints day eve halloween Samhain, whatever you like to call it and uh, until then have a great week take good care of yourself and people around you and this is paradigms uh baruch signing off i'm going to leave you with another piece of music from zeke afridi we heard that B.B. Shireen piece earlier in Urdu, and now we're going to hear the, the Pashto version of it. So have a great week. Uh, here is Zeke Afridi on Paradigms on WBKM. B.B.